Hi and welcome to Square in the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. I'm delighted to say that my guest for this episode is actor, performance artist, podcaster, professional wrestler and personal trainer, Philip Bedwell. We have a brilliant chat about the highs and lows of being self-employed, the importance of consistency, how we can structure our day. And Philip shares a beautiful and bittersweet story about finding your why in business. I'm your host, Benjamin Bowles from Benjamin Film and Photography, and welcome to Squaring the Circle. How hard is it for you personally to, to balance the art um, and the business? Um, I think the more self-employed I've got, the easier it's got. But um, there was always been a strong, if I look back to like my teenage years, there's always been a strong vein of creativity and through line of, yeah, wanting to help people, help myself and mix lots of different sort of disciplines together. So, but when you're working for someone else, that tends to be carp, um, compen, uh, carp, what's the word? When it's shuttered off, carp, was it? Carpentalized, uh, uh, isn't it? You can, easy for you to say, but yeah, so I'm going to let you get with that one. But yeah, and I, I found that it's used more as a resource, whereas the more self-employed I've managed to get, the more I've managed to sort of rediscover that um, balance of creativity and art alongside the uh, more work-based stuff as well. Yeah, I always find that the more, the longer I'm self-employed, the less mm. employable I become in terms of working for someone else. I just don't think it would I just don't think it would work out now because you get so used to running your own diary saying potentially no to jobs if you're in a nice mm. position to do that uh, because it's not quite the right fit where, where of course if you've got a boss over your shoulder you just don't have that luxury. I I would agree and I I think with acting and stuff as well um it's sometimes it's nice to have that guide there but I I find it's more when you do acting and stuff, you're going to have lots of different bosses over the course. And sometimes you get on, sometimes you don't. And when I was um, employed as a fitness manager for Nuffield, I found, and this is not a disrespect to Nuffield, but I do find there are some sort of work practices where you're just kept sitting at a desk for the sake of sitting at a desk because you you have to fulfill those amount of hours in your day. Um, there are certain pr- practices that are put in with um, uh, managing a team and, and uh, managing the members of a gym that you um, might not agree with, but you have no agency over it. It has to be that way because that's simply the way it is. And um, I, I found that not that, you know, I obviously believe that people can know better than me and there might be a reason that thing is there. But when it just feels like there, there is no sense of, this what I'm doing is making a difference or there's no sense of me in it or most importantly I think being self-employed and stuff as well is anything you do will have a direct relation to yourself and your family and the people close to you whereas there's sometimes when I was working in a corporation where you're doing work and you're like I don't know whoever's going to look at this I don't know who this is ever going to affect I don't think this spreadsheet in um, the next five minutes is going to make a difference to anyone's life, let alone in the next year or anything like that. So, yeah, it's very much about 
feeling that what you do is going to have an effect on your life. And that's something, I mean, I've gone in and out of being self-employed my whole life. And uh, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways. It can be a bit scary because you don't have that sort of safety net of um, regular wages sometimes. But on the other side, at least, you know, everything you're doing is affecting you directly and you can control it. Awesome. So, yeah, if we go back um, to a few years, I suppose, um, when, when I was doing my intro, I mentioned all the things that you've that you've done, but also continue to do. So you've been a wrestler and will continue to be a wrestler when when you're allowed personal trainer, performance artist, actor, all these things. Um, and so do you want to talk everybody through so that journey? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a really good one. And, and, and to be honest with you, it's sort of like the longer I've gone, the more I can sort of see the connections and, and the points of interest and how it all sort of marries up. And um, so, yeah, I, I was in school. I actually did drama in school, um, had an interest in it, and I realised it must have been for performing for a crowd or getting a reaction or trying to put an emotion in myself that wasn't there. Uh, from there, got watched wrestling, as most wrestling fans do, and then went the full way and sort of, you know, I'd be a good idea to get dropped on my head for a living and, and do it for real. So started um, learning to um, wrestle. On top of that, there's a big aesthetic component to wrestling, so you have to look a certain way a lot of the time. Started going to the gym, so got a very big interest in physicality, uh, how my body looked, training for the aesthetic. Um, wrestling for 25 years. Alongside that, you learn how to perform, you learn how to avid, you learn how to be a character. So from that, I had an interest in fitness and learning how to perform and being a character. So I can see how that has segued off into being an actor. The interest in fitness allows me to follow that and help other people with their fitness, which is something I truly enjoy going into a more spiritual side with meditation and yoga so that sort of does my more spiritual side and then taking certain aspects of wrestling or masculinity or the performative arts and then using that in live uh, body-based performance art about my struggles with self or struggles with identity and I guess that almost then sort of goes off onto another road with the podcast where I explore identity and masculinity as well so that's a concise way i think i can do it <laughs> that, that one yeah as that was very professional literally sort of 25 <laughs> years in about two minutes that's amazing <laughs> um, that's that horrible job interview question they go so tell me about yourself and you're yeah. like great <laughs> <laughs> Fred, what's your strengths and weaknesses no that's uh, that's, that's, a completely <laughs> different, that's a completely different thing um <laughs> i love that one yeah i i feel like i know you reasonably well and one thing that you i think that you're very good at is um like i said before combining all these things to make the life that, that you want to lead um and obviously that that comes with time that, that you don't just wake up one morning i wouldn't have thought and say right i'm i'm going to um, live the life that I want I want you know day in day out it's very much stepping stones you know taking things away adding things in um, but in terms of the business and the marketing so much is said about mastering one discipline you know really getting good at just one thing and building your business and life around that now you've kind of gone the other way and obviously there's no wrong or right way but would you advise I suppose people listening would you advise other people to potentially go down your road if it's right for them and sort of try different things and um you know make those connections or 
would you um, maybe, I, I suppose the other side of the question, have, have you regretted, you know, um, not just mastering and focusing on one thing? I, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, I would say there was a book and I can't remember who wrote it, but um, I read it when I was in Peru called The Multi-Hyphen Method. And it more talks about how people in today's society aren't just one job anymore. They're, you know, they're a bit, a bit like me, basically. Like they're a do 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 So they've got a few things going. Um, it really does, and this is the most frustrating answer, but it really does depend on the individual. I think some people, and I've met them in school and, and when I was in college and stuff, they're, they're just set. And you know exactly what they, they know exactly what I'm going to be. Maybe that's um, some sort of management from their parents or just what's expectations are there. But some people just naturally fall into a thing. They have a passion and they just want to follow it all the way through. Um, there's a quote from Mickey Pop, which he's also put into this, where he says, the best thing about being at a party sometimes is knowing when to leave. Um, and I... Um, had a thing that when I was a professional wrestler that I was loving it but I got to a point where my body was becoming extremely broken and I realized that if I followed this route even if I became I, I made it big so to speak and became a millionaire so much my money and time would be spent on trying to correct my body and living in pain and I found that that was not going to be an acceptable trade-off for me so then I just sort of went back I was doing actually, uh, my father was a window cleaner and I was pretty much doing his round then, which allowed me to do wrestling on top of it. But I sort of realized that that wasn't a real passion of mine. It was my father's passion. So I thought, well, what do I like? What do I enjoy? Well, I enjoy fitness. I enjoy being in the gym. So I sort of started to follow that. So I think for me, it's, it's important to follow your curiosities. And I think really as individuals, we're not, for the most part, meant to do the same job for the rest, for the whole of our lives. You'd think maybe when we were more uh, tribal for our teen years and our, and our early sort of early 20s and stuff, we're probably doing more manual stuff. I think it's important where I would feel that I'm doing something for the sake of it, that it almost feels like another death. I think if I ever sort of um, get stuck into a situation where I can see exactly what, I, what I'm going to be doing in five, 10, 20, 30 years, and none of it seems enjoyable, um, that it, would, it wouldn't be good for me. That's what happened with Nuffield. I realized that there was a certain age where a fitness manager couldn't go beyond, where it just looked a little bit like a joke, and um, there was no real career pathway for me. I didn't like the next level of what management there was because it took me out of what I enjoyed, which is the gym. So uh, yeah, that, that was when I sort of had to make a trade-off with myself and go, well, maybe it's time to follow more creative arts. Which is a perfect segue to my next question, the, the, the creative side, the, um, the acting, which is reasonably new to you. So you're, uh, which, is really, which is really good in some ways to have this chat now, because maybe in three to five years time, you're going to have a huge amount of, well, I'm sure experience and knowledge to sort of put into this question now. But how difficult is we, at the very top of the podcast, it was the more general question about balancing the art and the business. But if we're really focusing on, acting i think there's a stupid uh, stupidly uh well it's a completely crazy stat that 99 percent of actors are unemployed something like that you know it's it's pretty <laughs> and i don't know how accurate that is but what, whatever it is you, there's more actors out of work than in work so and of course it's a very it's very it's a very creative industry but there's the the commercial aspect which is so difficult to get into um, how have you how have you found that? 
I would say one of one of the biggest things for me is is um, if you're putting everything in, it's, I'm always going to liken this back to the physical. So sorry for me, it's like bodybuilding. If you're putting in the consistent effort, if you are keeping focus and following a plan that you can feel is making a difference to you, you might not get a result every single day. The results may be incremental, but if you are trying to better yourself every single day it, and having that consistent effort, I believe in anything I've ever followed, good things come. You, you see you see a result. It may not always be the result you want, but you'll, you'll see a, a result or somewhere you want to get to. So for me, we've acted now in the position I found myself in, you know, you, you study mentors, you study careers that you're interested in, you um, you follow sort of, you look at what skill set you need, and then you honest, you're honest with yourself. What part of this skill? What you know? How do I learn these skills? Are these really important to me at the moment? And then you look at yourself like a brand and go, well, you've got to market yourself. This is it's the greatest thing now that now more than ever we've got an opportunity with social media to market ourselves. And be honest with you, this is it. It's like one of the biggest things for me in anything I've done, wrestling, personal training, whatever. If you haven't got that belief in yourself, sometimes it's connection, sometimes it's luck, whatever you want to call it. But if you don't put your hand up and go, yeah, I want to do this. This is what I this is what I'm worth. This is what I want to work towards, then why is anyone else ever going to put any stock in you? The only reason a lot of the time people make it to where they do is because they have that set belief whether it's been taught to them or whether they just know it innately in themselves, you've got to want to have that sense of like, this looks, you know, there's a, there's a great level of comedy to it as well. It's like, well, if you're not going to do it, then why not? Then when, you know, it's like, so you get, we're all on this, depending on your um, religious beliefs, we might only on, on be on this one go round. So why, why not try? What's stopping you? Is it fear? Well, for me, the fear of not trying would, would be a, a lot, lot worse. And the other thing with acting and personal training, I said this to you, it is a fear of mine, wrestling as well. Sometimes the phone stops ringing, the emails stop coming in, people aren't picking up the uh, picking up the business card. Um, if you're doing everything you can to advertise, if you are doing everything you can to improve your skill set, then you've got to accept these lower um points as actually a privilege something that you get as a point in um being self-employed where it's giving you time to enjoy yourself enjoy the time with the ones you love and it's important to spend that and not beat yourself up about it and worry that you it, there's going to be ebbs and flows it's not like and it's for me having the ebbs and flows is better than being forced to sit at a desk so you mentioned bettering yourself and uh, controlling the controllables, I suppose. What does that What does that look like for you in terms of structuring your time? Yeah, no, that's a good one as well. So for me, um, me and my partner Abigail, we do a monthly meeting. We sort of look at what our goals are for that. So at the beginning of the year, we did like a big, um, was it not a mood board? It's like a memory map, so or a mind map. So you write your big goals and you do little arrows coming off of it. Where uh, okay, so. To get here, we need to do this, 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 and you start to break it down into smaller bite-sized chunks. Um, from there, I have a whiteboard uh, in my office, which I'll write down um, stuff that's important for the month. And then I usually transfer it to a piece of paper by my laptop and their daily tasks. And I, I just cross them through. And if there's anything that doesn't get done, I put it onto the next day. Um, 
and at the end of the month we have a review and see what got done and and didn't get done but that that keeps things in sort of like okay this is this is what i'm doing today in terms of managing the time and making sure everything gets the correct amount of attention i i'm lucky in a sense that everything i do as work are passions of mine so I might watch a YouTube video where an actor is talking about their craft and that helped me. I, and I can go and follow that. The books I tend to read uh, tend to be about um, autobiographies of actors or acting, um, acting uh, methods that I'm interested in. Uh, guides, um, fit, fitness. I'm, I'm always reading about fitness. I, I'm like people come up and talk to me when you have them parties. And it's hilarious that people go, oh, can I just ask you about this and this? And then they realise they're infringing on your time and it's sort of like, uh, oh, I'll go away if you want me to. And I'm like, you're going to get bored of this conversation before I do because I, I, absolutely, I absolutely love it. So I just sort of make sure and answer to your question that I, I get a healthy balance, but I'm lucky that I will just, what what is needed at that time, I've been quite lucky that I can keep an eye on it. And then as something starts to dry up a little bit, or I'm like, well, actually... I feel like I've fulfilled enough there now. I start to pay more attention to the other thing. I, I think the biggest thing for me is sometimes stopping working and actually enjoying my free time and enjoying my time with my partner and my family and friends. Sometimes I'm a little bit too, because it doesn't feel like work, it's passions. So sometimes it's hard to stop <laughs> focusing on them a little bit too much. Is your business, in terms of targets, I suppose, is it... Because you're a, you're a sort of one man brand to to uh, with with lots of kind of arms to the business, so this might be a difficult question to answer. But do you have targets? Um, do you sort of portion targets for all the arms of the business? Well, I'm sort of lucky because I I do own some property as well um, through an inheritance from my dad passed. So from there, we did, uh, me and Abby worked out what was the minimum amount of athletes I needed to train. I don't call them clients. I really have got, I think a lot of fitness professionals need to stop calling the people they train clients. I don't like the connotation, but anyway, that's just a personal thing. So I, I've got a certain set number of athletes I need to train um, I do beach yoga. I'm going to start doing beach kettlebells. There's a certain amount of people that need to be coming to those classes. So I know what I'm aiming for. I know what will be comfortable and I know what will be exceeding it. If it exceeds it, is that going to start eating into my time where I should be doing my work towards acting? Acting seems to be a bit more sporadic in a sense that you can get you know, there's some good stuff here. You can get like a regular part on a TV show. That would be needed to be worked towards, but then you get a regular paycheck. Uh, commercials, you only need to sink a really good one of them. Some of the ones I've been offered and frustratingly almost got <laughs> got them and then what the buyouts were. I was like, ha that'd be amazing. But it's just sort of like working towards those goals as well. But understanding I'm sort of established in fitness and I can sort of go, okay, if I train this many athletes in a week and the classes get this many people. Um, this is this is the amount of money I need to be comfortable and it pays for my living expenses and also I'm making a few savings. And then at the same time, my eyes on the prize, getting a part in a Viking show or landing a few good commercials every year, or you know, obviously end game working up towards films, getting good payoffs for them. That is sort of like then gonna fulfill my bigger goals of what I want my end game to be. 
Yeah, because I think running, and this is something we've spoken about before as well, is running a business is once you've once you've worked out what you need to earn, um, what what drives you to um, progress a business, and it's not well for me anyway. It's not about the money, and I think that's really something to take out of this conversation is for people to know what the why is basically is is work out well what the target is but why because if that why isn't strong enough motivation comes and goes motivation um will will not keep you accountable basically so what 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 brings you through is is that why um and so maybe that's sort of going slightly deeper into what you said maybe that's um why you're very good at um structuring your time um and working out exactly what you need to do for the business i would love to say it's a bit of a sad one but i, I always do like to say this one because i think my father taught me some good stuff but sometimes he sort of teaches you or you learn a lesson without them even meaning to teach it um before my father died he always said that when he retired he was going to travel the world and he got a passport and he was always showing his passport off. When my father died and I was clearing out some of his belongings, I found his passport and there was not a single stamp in it. He never, he never left anywhere because he was so frightened that if he took a day off, he would lose all of his uh, business, his window cleaning business, which is a heavy, heavy manual job. I barely ever saw him. He, he worked so many hours and um, it's a shame. I never really got to see him. He probably had ambitions to do probably some more creative stuff himself and never got a chance to. And he really wanted to see the world and experience everything it could offer and never did. And it was, he was very, the number in the bank based, um, very doing as much work as possible, just following work for the sake of work. And from my perspective, I didn't want to become that person. I, I, I think that's where the balance lies. It's like, if you look at him on a purely financial level, was he successful? Yeah, he probably was. Did he give all he could to his job? Yes, he did. Um, and, it's, you know, did he give to his family? Yeah, he did as well. But I just felt that he had such an opportunity to really follow his dreams as well, and he, he let fear get in the way. And I always really felt that. And that was weird because that was only a few years ago, like just going into my late 30s, early boys, my early 40s. But I think that there was a big click over in my head there that I'm like, okay, it can be scary. You think you're going into another career in your early forties and you're following acting and there's lots of younger actors than you. And there's lots of, and you know, why, why you make a fool of yourself? I'm like, I don't want to have that unstamped passport. I think that that's the one for me in any, in any aspect of my life, you got, you got to take a swing for it. That was an, uh, what an, what an amazing uh, line that is. I didn't. I don't want to have a, an unstamped passport. That's brilliant. That's really, really nice. So thank you for sharing that. And 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 it comes and it comes back to the main point of this podcast: the balance, isn't it? it? Obviously, we're talking about the balance of art and business. But there's if we're just focusing on the business, the balance of that, you know, it can be all-consuming. Um, but you you can't. Um, it's a bit like when people uh, talk about golf, don't they? Firstly, they say it's. Firstly, they say it's a good walk ruined. But they also say smell the smell the flowers as you go round. Because if 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 the score that you get at the end of the round um, means that you either enjoy it or you don't, well, that's not really the point. So the business 
you've really got to, um, well, like I said, ask that why, I suppose. Um, and uh, like you said, your dad provided a lot, but maybe he lacked in, uh, um, he lacked in other areas of life because of that. So, well, yeah, thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. Phil, we're, we're coming to the big three. Oh, <laughs> um this is this is the point in the podcast where the fireworks go off uh, as there's, there's a big fanfare uh, but the first <laughs> but the first question is how do you um philip bedwell mm-hmm. define success um, and what does that look like right so this is a really good one and um i sort of i take it to its base level for me and then i can sort of spread it on it a little bit so for me success is living life without pain uh emotional physical or spiritual so how then it's not discomfort because i think we all need a level of discomfort to grow and achieve but for me living without pain physically so you do the physical side to get rid of that um spiritually so you need to for me the highest spiritual form is to give to others without expecting anything in return so how am i doing that every day and feel successful in that say and feel that sense of joy sharing of myself and um emotionally like how do i be authentically emotional and have that integrity in every dealing that i have um so when we talk about money and stuff it's sort of like okay for me money is like it gives you that peace of mind i read it somewhere though if it's over like eighty thousand, i think it was eighty thousand dollars a year any more money over the top of that doesn't really give any more happiness so I was like, okay, so for me, if I can earn enough and have a level of living within my means and a level of expectation about that, that gives me peace of mind. If I have peace of mind, if I'm debt-free, then that just gives me more time to be able to share myself and give me a much cleaner emotional slate to share myself authentically, emotionally, and spiritually with people. And I think the last thing of success for me is to turn out work that hurt that helps not hurts people that helps people to leave a legacy of myself through our uh, performance acting personal training where people have seen benefits and gleaned something for it not for the ego just to feel that yeah what i've learned and what i've shared was worth something second of the big three um for your chosen profession now you've got about 76 chosen professions so let's go for um let's go for acting um or what or whatever's in your list really but so for your chosen profession what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you i i i'm i'm sorry i've managed to list it down to four books okay and it's two for personal training and two for acting it's the least i could get it to so for personal training dan john never let go that because they're not going to give you one answer but it's just lots of his guides to life and training and fitness. And I just love the way he writes. And I think it's a really good start for people. Um, pure learning how to the three big lifts. Um, starting strength by Mark Rippletoe. Um, can't do really much better that in terms of squatting, deadlifting and benching and overhead pressing and not injuring yourself in the process. Acting, I've got David Lynch catching the big fish because rather than giving a particular acting style, he talks about meditation and creativity. And I, I just, it really, every page of that was a beauty. And uh, the last one was The Golden Rules of Acting by Andy Nyman, which, um, again, it's like you can talk about the Meisner method and stuff like that. Or uh, there's lots of different ways of um, 
following acting, but I think you're going to find a way that speaks to you that will flow through you. So rather than just giving a particular, like, go, this is the only book you need, I think get something that just sort of talks more about the the theory of acting and and what act and the theory of creativity or the theory of personal training and then find a style that works for you a bit like the Tao Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee which doesn't really fit into any sort of thing but I love the way that you know it take what is essential and reject what is useless so cherry pick from all these places that makes a unique authentic sense of you and what you bring to the table in terms of acting rather than going turning out lots of little robots going you have to do the repetition method otherwise it's not going to work for you yeah absolutely and i think there's there's i suppose there's a an overarching theme of this whole thing especially speaking to you because you have your fingers in so many pies you learn something in say the acting sphere that will absolutely um, have a knock-on effect to the um, personal training. You learn something on the personal training, or maybe you have um, an interaction with a with a, an athlete, not a client, an athlete that potentially yeah, that could potentially um, influence your wrestling or your performance art. All these things. So it's um, and that's where the fascinating thing is, isn't it? That if you are focusing on the business, that will also have. Um, uh, an effect on your personal life and, and vice versa. So they're, they're really good suggestions. Thank you. My last question, uh, in one sentence, um, and maybe, I don't know if you've prepared acting or personal training, see how you go, but in one sentence, what one piece of advice would you uh, give someone starting in your industry? For both of them, it's very, very simple. Um, make sure you're passionate about it. Uh, I, I've met too many people, because I'm quite new to acting, I've not seen it as much. But I've met too many people in personal training that are just seeing it as they're going to make a fortune from it. Oh, you know, just knock out all the clients. Uh, I'm going to call them clients. But that's what's usually called. Just knock out the clients. And I'm just like, just get, get them done and you earn a fortune. And I'm like, if you approach anything purely for just money, it will get you up in the morning for so long. But then you'll start to resent it because it's not truly speaking to your emotional soul. Whatever you follow, whatever I've followed, makes me so excited and fills me full so much of joy when i'm acting performance art or even training with somebody there's a lovely moment where i sort of lose myself and find myself again and i'm just sharing this joy even if it's an emotional scene in acting where i'm doing something bloody horrible like at the moment i've just in one of the pieces i've done i just uh killed someone with a hammer i'm not saying i was laughing through that but being able to put myself into that emotional state where i've become this other character and sort of plug into that it's such a sense of just being in the flow state and being in this emotional wonder lust that i think just make sure whatever you seek and whatever you do gives you that sense of that otherwise it's it's why are you doing it basically because i don't think you should come to the end of anything and go i'm just doing it for the money it, 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 that would be such a shame or just doing it because i have to and you don't think you have a choice i think it's so important to flow to something that gives you that joy it wouldn't be a podcast if i didn't give you a call to action so it would be amazing if you could subscribe and also spread the word all social media links and details of the podcast are in the show notes have a nice one, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Squaring the Circle.